This is the Hockey News Podcast. Welcome to the Hockey News Podcast, presented by BetMGM and McKenney Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. This is Ryan Kennedy. Ryan, lots to talk about this week, huh? We are in the thick of it, yes. We sure are. Listen, I... I gotta tell you, as as people in my life, they're not as uh, like acquainted with the rigors of the NHL schedule. So I have to keep telling. I kept telling about the trade deadline, how about and how the trade deadline is going to be the busiest time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, okay, cool. So this means we can like expect to see you a lot in like the weeks leading up to it, because at least there won't be a lot of stuff going down. They were wrong. Um, it seems like people are trying to get a get a head start on the trade deadline here, and another huge one that happened. It dropped as all great uh, great moves do. On at 11:35 p.m. on a Friday evening, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs pull off. I would say their biggest mid-season trade in a decade, maybe more. It was people, a pretty big one. People were throwing around Brian Leach from like 2004 as potentially mm. one. I would, I would possibly even agree with that. Um, they acquire Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari from the St. Louis Blues. Long rumored move actually comes to fruition um, in exchange for their 2023 first-round pick. Uh, a 2024 second round pick, a 2023 uh, fourth round, no, third round pick, and a conditional uh, 2020, uh, I believe, three fourth round pick to basically launder the contract, 25% of, of the, the salary through Minnesota, who then sent back prospect Josh Pilar. Um, so basically, Toronto was getting Ryan O'Reilly and Olachari. Ryan O'Reilly at only $1.875 million because it's 70, uh, only 25% of his salary. Lots to talk about here. Why don't we just do right off the hop because we, you know, I, I've written about it, but I haven't talked to you about it yet. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the trade? I mean, for me, it's a pretty big coup for the Leafs, and especially because they're basically locked into a first round series against Tampa Bay right mm-hmm. now. Actually, technically, it's the Rangers right now, I believe. How so? Oh wait, never mind. You're right. I think yeah. no people were people were doing the what if it was the one through eight. I'm an right. idiot. Keep going. Right. So Toronto, Tampa Bay, and then you know if they should get past the first round, which is obviously mm. mission number one. Yes. Uh, they would most likely face the Boston Bruins. Uh, you got to have huge depth, and I think now with those two top lines, mm-hmm. which effectively are two very good number one lines. If not the best top six in the league, maybe? I mean, certainly up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now you look at that Leafs roster and you say, okay, well, yeah, they can go head-to-head with a Boston or a Tampa Bay in terms of that high-end depth. And then uh, for me, even looking at Noel Achari, I mean, this is a player that I thought would fit with the Leafs pretty well for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Because he is that physical, you know, bottom six guy. Uh, obviously, he's a center, so and he's pretty good on draws, so mm-hmm. that helps as well. Um, you know, O'Reilly and Tavares playing together is very intriguing. We saw it already on the weekend. Um, you know, it looked pretty good that first game. Oh yeah. And in, you know, it's it's that versatility, it's that playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something that uh, I think Kevin Bieksa brought up on Hockey Night in Canada is the Leafs just keep bringing in captains. Yes. Right. So it's like Giordano's last year for third straight. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and obviously Felino's not with the team anymore, but you got Giordano and now you got O'Reilly. Great. Sure. Why not? <laughs> um, you know, O'Reilly, who has won a Conn Smythe, mm-hmm. has won a Stanley Cup and a Selkie and a Selkie. Um, you know, you look at the, I mean, the Leafs have been very good defensively this year. Yes. You know, one of the best teams in the league. Um, but the 
the playoffs, they're a different beast. They're a little tighter. You got to be, you know, a little more physical. Uh, you got to be super on point with your play. And that means being on the right side of the puck. It means stopping on pucks, you know, mm -hmm. playing the right way. Ryan O'Reilly is that guy when you're talking about top six players. And Nola Chari is that guy when you're talking about bottom six players. Yes. You know, I... I think that, okay, so being on the ground right after this happened, because, you know, it happened on Friday night. Mm -hmm. The team plays on Saturday. And, uh, on Saturday, you know, I was at the rink. I was there for Kyle Dubas' press conference, and I was actually the only one who saw Ryan O'Reilly entering the building. I just happened to file. I was walking out. Guy was wearing a Canadian tuxedo entering the building, you know? <laughs> so there you go. They won the trade already. Yeah. Um, I was actually really surprised at how much, well, not maybe surprised, but just sort of like pleasantly, uh, I want to say, like aware of how much they were hyping up the Noel Achari addition to this as well, because mm -hmm. clearly this is a player they value. Yeah. Clearly this is, like, there'd be rumors that they looked at him in free agency. There were rumors that, you know, like, this is a guy that they've really enjoyed, his style of play. And Sheldon Keefe was like, look, uh, you know, I've been, uh, you know, in, in the room, like, everyone's buzzing about Ryan O'Reilly, but, like, a lot of guys were, were like, extremely excited about Achari. Like, mm -hmm. they were really, because clearly this is a guy that, that is annoying to play against and is a perfect sort of, like, bottom bottom six, third, fourth line. Like, he's their fourth line center now. That's, that's pretty good. And mm -hmm. one thing that Keefe was really talking about here um, and that is really important for the, for I guess for the end of the regular season going to the playoffs is, well, A, O'Reilly's like the quintessential playoff piece to add. Yeah. Like, like you said, my Stanley Cup winner, Selkie winner. He's always in the conversation for the Selkie every year. Yeah, he's having a rough, he was having a rough year prior, but like his, his line mates were Josh Levo and like a washed Brandon Sod. Mm. Like, like, what do you expect? Really? Yeah. Um, and so you bring him in, he's the, like, and, and another thing too, I know I'm going all over the place here, but there's a lot to talk about with Is this there? trade. So we were talking in the press box that night and, and talking about the, the aspects of, of the trade. And one thing was like, look, you get him, it keeps him away from Boston. Because if, true, because Boston 100% would have gone after this guy and then boom, you might as well not show up to that series. Right, like right. It is, Boston adds Ryan O'Reilly, you're done. So the Leafs have him, that's great. And what Keith was talking about is there are now like a million options for him. He's a guy mm. who loves to break out the blender. He's a guy who loves to, to tinker with his lines. He's like a fantasy manager, but like in real life. This, like Ryan, adding not just um, O'Reilly, but Achari, but mainly O'Reilly, gives him so many options. Like mm -hmm. I was surprised they went with O'Reilly to, uh, to center the, the second line with Tavares and Marner at the start. But like you can do anything. You can put, you know, you can put a, a you know, the Matthews bunting, uh, Nylander line as your first one, and then you can put, uh, you can either keep that one with Tavares, uh, O'Reilly, and Marner, and that, and those are like two of the best top lines in the league. Or you can bump O'Reilly to your third line center, and then you're like, then you have a, an O'Reilly like Pierre Engvall, uh, you know, like some like Alex Kerfoot, you know, right. which is a, a a fast but defense really defensively responsible line. Mm -hmm. um, and then another one too is that. Dubas didn't put the kibosh on making further moves after this. Right. We, they he, do he, have a little bit of cap space left to do so. They have a, they have a ton. I think they, they, have, they have a ton of cap space to, to make this work, relatively speaking, for relative, this time of yeah, year. Yeah. Um, and if they add another winger up there, your bait, like, you know, it doesn't have to be Patrick Kane, but it can be right. someone who can, who can step up, who can be sort of like a middle six guy, mm -hmm. uh, who, would be, who would be comfortable maybe playing on a second line, getting elevated. I mean, Alex Galchenyuk played in the second line. He did pretty well. You, anyone can do that. Mm -hmm. you, you have just bountiful options. And this is exactly what, I, what they needed to do. They have a good defense core. They, they, they're fourth in the league despite missing three of their top four. Uh, defenseman for like it, like at least 25% of the season. Mm -hmm. um, we've already seen that they can inject guys into the lineup. 
like Mac Hollowell, like uh, Jordy Ben, like guys like that who will like tread water, who will be fine. Um, they needed an upgrade on forward. We've been talking about this forever where they just didn't have that pop anymore. Mm-hmm. Gotten stale, especially when Matthews is out. This gives them everything they need, I think. It's yeah. a big price though. It is a big price. And, you know, I always feel bad for the amateur scouts for teams that are going for it. For years, it's been Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, Why even have scouts if you're Pittsburgh? Like, right, <laughs> you're right. not going to use them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now it's like you look at the Leafs, and I think they basically have like a fourth and a fifth rounder. And then there's they a conditional. Yes. Yeah. There's a pick that Arizona could swap. Uh, to make it two picks for the Leafs, so maybe they have three picks. All they will have three. Arizona's going to take the 2025 uh, second. Like you would be smart if they did that. Right, right. Uh, so, but you know what? I mean, if you're going for it, and you know, this does feel kind of like a last stand. Yeah. For the Leafs, in terms of going all in, um, you don't think about tomorrow. No. And you know, I mean, in terms of prospects, like you got Matthew Nyes coming, uh, and you have a roster that's built for now. Yes. Right. You're like you're not you're not lacking for anything mm-hmm. in particular. You don't need young kids to step up. In, in fact, you don't really have roles for them to take at this point. So I mean, I get it, but I just feel bad because scouts spend their entire season, you know, drinking bad coffee, driving through blizzards, uh, you know, just living that life, and then they're like, we have two selections, and they're a fourth and a fifth round. Yeah. Look, I, I walked through half a blizzard to get to the studio today. I, I know, I feel, I feel for you guys. Um, but this is like, you're right, this is their last stand. This is the last, uh, there's nothing else that you can, that you can really uh, throw at the wall here. They're going all in completely. Getting Ryan O'Reilly, that is, that is an all in move. And if they don't make it past the first round, Dubas is not going to be there to make those picks. Exactly. Like it's not. He, and, and, and what's funny is that we, you know, we asked them, or I didn't ask him, I think it was Josh Clipperton from CP, shout out. Um, Ask them like, look, you're you're a pending unrestricted free agent as well. Um, you know what? Like, did this? Are you operating a bit differently? And Dubis denied it and said, no, nah, you know, best for the team, whatever. But like, there's if this guy's got a five year deal. Mm. I don't think he's mortgaging, you know, the his entire draft capital and what is listed as like the deepest draft in recent years to get you know a rental, which right. goes against seemingly everything that he's talked about. This is this is all in like like I, I wrote in my column that this is the these next like four or five months will define an entire era of Toronto Maple Leafs hockey. Yeah. Like this, like how they perform, not just, not just in the playoffs, but through the end of the regular season, because mm. they need this to work. Yeah. Like, you know, it, you can't just flip a switch in the playoffs. It has to become, it has to gradually work. Like this will come to define this, the entire Dubas era, the entire Matthews era, because they only, they might only have Matthews for another two playoff runs in yeah. Nylander and Marner's coming up in a couple of years too. Like things, the clock is ticking. This is exactly the type of move that a team in Toronto's position should have made. And look, I, I really do respect GMs who have a plan. And if they're going down, they're going down swinging. That's right. I appreciate it. So if you had to give a grade before we wrap up this topic, if you had to give a grade to the trade yeah. from both sides, really, from mm-hmm. St. Louis and from Toronto side, what yeah. would you list it as? I mean, I would give Toronto an A because, you know, the, the, there is no future. Into, you know, it's like you're not worried about draft capital. Uh, you know, Mikhail Abramov, he's a, he's a fine prospect. He really plateaued. Or yeah, even so they're not going to miss him. Um, you and get two players you absolutely needed, and you still somehow have cap space. So for me, that's an A. For St. Louis, the first rounder is crucial. They oh, have yeah. three, Yeah, which is awesome. Like, it's really funny, too. For a team that won the Stanley Cup just a few years ago, mm-hmm. they had three first rounders, and to still have 
you know, Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas to build around, that's pretty solid. Yeah. You know, like, shout out to Doug Armstrong. Um, I would give it sort of a, a, a B plus, I'll say, because, um, like, like I say, Abramov is just kind of uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been surprised in general with some of the prospects that have been traded so far. Uh, maybe like, it's just... Like, from, just from Toronto or from... No, 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 just in oh, general okay. in the NHL where it's like, him, eh? Okay. Um, but, you know, teams have their own scouting mm-hmm. and they, they value different things. Um, I, I guess I thought the names would be bigger given the names of the NHLers. Yes. Um, but You're not a big Hunter Skinner guy? Like, I like him, but I understand that he hasn't had the best year. I saw Hunter Skinner play in the USHL. Oh, there you okay. go. I'm a, I'm a real one. Yeah, okay? you're, you're an OG. Uh, okay. I, I saw him live. Okay. Uh, shout out to the Youngstown Phantoms who were playing, uh, I think it was... Here we Lincoln. go. Lincoln, yeah. They're 20, Lincoln 20 minutes night. later. We exactly, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, back to Hunter Skinner. Um, anyway, it was either Lincoln or Tri-State. Whatever team Shane Pinto got traded away from. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> digress like five times. I know. So this is, guys, this is the most on-brand I've ever seen Ryan Kennedy on this camera. Is my, this is, this is incredible. Yes. This is every conversation on the plane or in the hotel exactly. that I've traveled with. It's am- this is amazing. Yes. Continue, please. Yes. Uh, so anyways, going back to the Blues, um, yeah, I, I think the, you know, the picks they get, that yeah. will be the crucial part. Mm. And the fact that, as you mentioned, it's a very deep draft. Most of those picks are going to be in the back end. Yes. But you can yep. package two of them and move up if there's a guy that you really, really want. Yep. And then you still get two very solid players. Uh, so, yeah, B-plus for the Blues on that one. And, hey, shout out to the Ooh. Minnesota Wild for basically doing nothing and getting something. So that, give them an A as well. 100%. That's, that Hunter Skinner talk made me cry. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> so I had to wipe the tears away for a second there. No, who, yeah. Who goes that deep? Exactly. Who else goes that deep? I also think Mikhail Abramov is the perfect... Like, I can definitely see why they why they directed their attention to him. Just yeah. because he he was very like relatively highly touted coming out of junior. Yeah. He was... If you look at the, the Victoriaville... Tigra. Tigra or yeah. whatever. Um, like, he, he was scoring at like a... Like near like two points per game pace, and the next closest guy was at like a zero point six or something. Right, like it was, right. It was almost like a Bedard level, like like separation in team scoring for him. Yeah. Then he comes to the AHL, does okay to start, and is then kind of really really plateaus after that or dips. Mm. I think that the, the St. Louis is like, hey, he's got some skill, he's got some talent. We'll take take sure. a shot at him. Yeah. And yeah, the three first round picks uh, that they have now is huge. But man, this is like you get Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari for a playoff run with the roster you already have. Mm-hmm. Huge. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Speaking of a team that will hopefully be going on a playoff run, but their their chances just took a big hit, mm-hmm. uh, is Matt Barzell and the New York Islanders. Matt mm-hmm. Barzell is out indefinitely now. Yeah. They have a huge, like, like, uh, like Peugeot is out. Wallstrom is out. Um, uh, I believe it's uh, Clutterbuck is out. They're, they're just, like, ravaged right now with injuries. Thank goodness they made that Bo Horvat trade. Like, that is safe. Yeah. If they didn't have Bo Horvat right now, that their roster sense. would look shocking. So, yes. <laughs> it is so good for them. But, man, like, how much does this – like, can they all survive this? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very tricky. But you know what? I think they can. I feel, okay. I feel this is going to be kind of like a – it's going to have like an inverse effect where, you know, now they're saying week to week for Matt Barzell. And I don't know if that's any different than indefinitely. Um, but I guess there's a little more hope than maybe there was when it was first announced. Naturally, he's their most skilled player. It's a huge loss. But as you mentioned, they do have Bo Horvat, uh, who they didn't have a couple of weeks ago. So that helps. 
They beat the Penguins yesterday. Yes, they did. Which is massive because they, that's the other wild card team right now. They let up the 46 East. shots though. Like sure. Ilya Sorokin saved their bacon. Right, that and game. that's and that's what Ilya Sorokin is for. He's exactly. one of the best Pre- goaltenders in the league. Precisely. So what I see now, there is a path for the Islanders to survive and possibly even thrive, wow. which is to go into like Uber Islanders hockey, yes. get, just lock it down totally. I mean, they do it in the playoffs uh, when the stakes are are high. The stakes are high now, just oh, to yeah. get into the playoffs. And so they're going to have to just really buckle down. And again, luckily, you know, Bo Horvat, two-way guy, um, he can't replace Matt Barzell, but he can certainly make up for a lot of the things that they lose in Barzell in the short term. So what you, I mean, what you hope for if you're a, a New York fan is that they can just kind of hold the fort. And, uh, you know, you look at some of the other teams in the East right now, they're kind of struggling. It's a bit of a turtle race. Mm-hmm. Um, that win against Pittsburgh, I, I think that showed so much resolve. And yeah. again, yeah, sure, 46 shots, that's a lot. Uh, but the, you know, the fact that they could squeak it out. I mean, I was watching Anaheim in Florida yesterday, and Florida put up 50 shots on John Gibson, and it took overtime to win. Um, so, and, you know, I mean, Anaheim is not a They're great one team of the right teams now. They're the one of the worst teams in the league. So it's like Florida deserved the win, but at the same time, it's like you should have won a lot easier. Um, the Islanders, they just got to play solid lockdown hockey, boring as they can. You know, try to win as many two-to-one games as you can right now and just get those points. You know, I really, I really like that sort of like let the Islanders let's go full Islanders. Like I think totally. that's a great that's a great yeah. idea. It's when, not easy to play that way, which is why teams only do it in the playoffs. Like you, know, you think about doubt. Montreal a couple yes. of years ago. No, you're right. Uh, but I mean, if you got if you if you can get in, then you a- have a shot. Anything can happen. Anything that's can the, happen. Yeah. And the Islanders are one of the best examples of that in recent years. Oh yeah, years they've done it two years in a row. Yeah, they've made runs where it's like doesn't matter if we're home or away. Like you look at this roster on paper, there's like literally no offense here. But like, hey man, we're gonna we're gonna push the Tampa Bay Lightning to like six, seven games. Yeah. In the bubble, just uh, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I think I, I love that idea, and I think that you know, like getting a guy like Bo Horvat, who is he seems to fit there, like there, like we talked about this when he when he he got acquired, but like the yeah. fact that he can fit their team, um, like their style, they're they're going Uber Islanders. Like he's not just a pure goal scorer, even though he scored a lot. Yeah, um, and it's great. And and he uh, he scored and he scored the tying goal and then assisted on the the winner yesterday. So he's making an impact right away. Um, one of the biggest, uh, I would say, like di- uh, this is hinging on disaster territory, if not already a disaster, is the Calgary Flames. Yes. This is this was a team that had, you know, they they obviously lost their two big their two big stars, but they went out and they they um, they they compiled an incredible. It was like the summer of Brad, you know, everyone was yeah. talking about. We talked about that too. They go out, they they acquire John from Huberto and Mackenzie Weger, lock him into long term extensions before they even play a game. Then they go and they sign Nazem Kadri, and they do a bunch of, you know, they're able to keep Andrew Mangiapane and doing all this. And it's a nightmare for them right now. They are, they are you know, on the bubble of the playoffs. The room looks dead. Like, that is a team that does not look happy playing hockey right now. Mm-hmm. I would, like, I wonder, I, I'm, I'm always fascinated when players sign, and this goes back to, funny enough, when Dubas was talking about um, Ryan O'Reilly, because he was asked if there's any extension talk. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you know, I'd like to, 
I like to live with someone first before you get married, you right, know, like just right. to see if there's that fit. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's some, maybe there's some truth to that because right now you have Jonathan Huberto's agent going out on Twitter, mm. um, and I I, uh, uh, I had it up here and then my page refreshed, which is <laughs> extremely annoying. But basically, on, on like Friday night, uh, uh, Alan Walsh basically went out and said, you know, the definition of, of of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, um, which is also just like one of the most falsely quoted quotes ever, uh, because that Albert Einstein never said that. So, but did he say that Albert Einstein said that? Actually, I don't know. But everyone says, oh, Einstein did. Anyway, basically, um, uh, uh, and then he tagged the the Calgary, CC Calgary Flames, which is right. where his client Jonathan Huberto plays. Um, this this was very clearly a um, a call for the, maybe a coaching change mm -hmm. because you know Daryl Sutter is one of those coaches in the Tortorella vein where you know he's got a shtick yeah. he's got you know, he's that hard line you know like and, and when things are going well and you know maybe when he's new in there and he becomes that sort of hard nose you know like sort of hard hand fresh voice people yeah. go oh yeah I really want to play for him the second things start to go go sour you realize. And then, you know, Sutter's yelling at you or openly mocking you as a 21-year-old on a podium. You go... There's a shelf life. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Am I really, do I really want to put up with this, you know? Right. And the, the extensions for, for Uyghur and Huberto haven't even kicked in yet. They're both eight years in total. Mm. Um, they're, I believe they're 16 or $17 million combined annually. Um, and already one of their agents is calling for the coach, who won the Jack Adams last year, if you, don't, if you, if you uh, recall. This is a disaster. Yes. And, you know, on top of all that, I mean, the biggest factor is Jacob Markstrom struggling in net. I mean, this was something that... This went back to the... It went back to the playoffs. The second round of the playoffs. Yeah, really. exactly. Yeah. That really seemed to break him, unfortunately. And, you know, I, I felt that he would bounce back. You know, I mean, he, mm -hmm. he has everything you want in a starting goaltender. He's a Vesna caliber. You know, he was a Vesna nominee last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, obviously they, they got to go for a playoff spot. I, I don't think they're going to be sellers at the deadline or anything like that. But if things continue to go pear-shaped and, and they fall out of things, then I think what needs to happen in the sort of final 20 games of the season mm -hmm. is they really need to assess where their net minding is. Yes. And they need to help get Markstrom back on track mm -hmm. because he is under contract, obviously. And it's not cheap. No. Um, I would like to see maybe Dustin Wolf get yep. a, a starter too, just to see what he can do uh, as a smaller goaltender in the NHL, um, and just to get him those reps, you know, uh, and and just to give Markstrom as much rest as he needs, mm. and you know, to to help him figure out his game because I think he needs to at least end on a positive note. I mean, it's. Overall, it's not going to be a great season for him, whatever happens, unless yes. he rips off 17 straight wins. Yeah, which could happen. You never know. You never know. He could mm. Hamburglar it. Yeah. Right? He could Andrew Hammond it. Um, but if that doesn't happen, then what I think you need to do is make sure that Markstrom is in the right headspace going into the summer mm -hmm. and for him to say, okay, I'm going to take this summer. This is what I'm going to work on. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be the Jacob Markstrom everybody knew before, and let's get at it. Yeah, because I, I like you say, like you, those big contract extensions are kicking in. This is not a team that's gonna like rebuild. Mm -hmm. um, so you need to figure out 
what you can with the guys you have. And, you know, I think it's similar to what Florida has gone through with Sergey Bobrovsky. Yeah. Where we've seen some better Bobrovsky than we have in mm. recent years. And, uh, and obviously last year it really helped them. And this year not as much, but, you know, Spencer Knight has they struggled have, They at least have times. a Spencer Knight. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Bobrovsky has been there for them, I would say, more now than he has a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, Markstrom is probably going through something similar where it's like, okay, we know you can be a good goaltender. Mm -hmm. We just have to put you in a position to be that good goaltender again. Yes. And to be fair, like, they did just sign Dan Vladar, Vladash, however you want to pronounce it, mm -hmm. to a two-year extension worth $2.2 million. So he, they're hoping that he can be their Spencer Knight. Or potentially yeah. uh, uh, Dustin Wolf, who I'm sure. And shocked. he's been very good he, for them. He earned that extension. That, like, a player doesn't get a mid-season extension if they don't deserve it, right? True. But um, I'm shocked they haven't given Dustin Wolf a shot. Like, yeah. like, maybe injuries haven't dictated that they can call him up, but, like, mm. this guy is tearing up the AHL right now. He yeah. looks like, you know, a potential piece for them to move forward. He is, like, to compare them to the Leafs, he's their Joseph Wall, like a guy who has really turned heads in the AHL, mm. who should earn a shot. Wall's earned a shot. He played very well over the weekend. I think that Wolf should do this. But I think it all comes, it all comes down to the coach, I think. Like, yeah. it seems like Sutter has lost the room. Like, it, these, are, these are players that do not look like they enjoy playing hockey right now. It is. It looks like a team that is on the, on the third or fourth year of the John Tortorella experience, where it, where right. the yelling and the, you know the 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 f bombs mid mid uh, you know in, in the intermission just are starting to really grate on them, mm -hmm. um, and like and Sutter has done certain things. Like it seems like Sutter doesn't like the team either. You know, like it's like it's very it's, it's a mutual. Seriously, like it, it really like. Why else would Sutter go out and, and like openly disrespect like a, like a twenty one year old rookie? Mm. Or he um, uh, he scratched a player uh, like he's scratching guys that are that you know seemingly don't need to be scratched and like it just this doesn't seem like like a team that this doesn't seem like a relationship that is gonna last very long or, right. or at least it seems like it's it's one on its last leg and if they don't make the playoffs or mm. if they make the playoffs and get a first round exit because keep in mind like. This is not a team that was designed to just barely make the playoffs, right. get those two games of gate revenue, and then dip. Like yeah, it was yeah. not that. This is a. This was supposed to be a contender. Yeah. This is this is a team that signed guys either going into their age thirty seasons or after their age thirty seasons mm -hmm. to long term deals, hoping to get the best in the early years of those deals. This could be a wasted season for them. Yeah, and honestly, at this point, I think making the playoffs would be a, a small victory for oh, them. Oh yeah. So it's like I see what you're saying. It's not. It's not what they intended on doing. We got it. But I think at yeah. this point, Flames fans would be like, "Let's just get in." Yeah. <laughs> so we got a couple. We got a couple just injury headlines I want to rattle off first. Number one, Kale McCarr is back in concussion protocol. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, he he took a sh hit to the head, missed a couple games, came back. Over the weekend, immediately took another hit to the head, yeah. and is now back in concussion protocol. Terrible. You hate to see that. Um, another one is that Jonathan Taves sent out a uh, 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 just quick on this. Jonathan Taves sent out a, a, a statement through the Blackhawks saying, you know, he's dealing with his auto, uh, uh, you know, his audio, autoimmune response uh, system or um, illness. Uh, you know, dealing with long COVID. He's been playing through these these uh, ailments or these, I guess, symptoms and mm. and sort of side effects of it for a long time. Um, and he's taking a step back. So likely, A, hopefully we, we, we hope Jonathan Tate is okay. Mm -hmm. um, also likely takes him off the, the board for a trade. Sure. Um, so just like, you know, a bad season in Chicago going even even uh, more wrong. Yeah. But, you know, hockey is the last thing that matters with that. 
We just hope Jonathan Taves is okay. Um, this could potentially be his last uh, season. He's won three cups. He's true. done a lot of that. Um, so if this is the end of Jonathan Taves, great career, hopefully. Um, uh, but another thing is that Marie-Philippe Poulin made, made history. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I believe she's, what, the first... Uh, the fifth? The fifth. Canadian woman to get 200 points internationally. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, she is legitimately like a... When it comes when it comes to like stars, she is like a, in the legend status yeah. of like the all timer. And we were talking about about this before the show. Is Marie Flip, Philippe Poulain the best uh, Canadian women's soccer player of all time? I feel that at this point she is. And mm-hmm. I mean, there are literally women that are in the Hall of Fame yep. that uh, that came before her. But when you look at how clutch Marie Philippe Poulain is. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems that, like, literally every time Canada needs a big goal internationally, she's the one that scores it. She's in the thick of it. And, you know, it's the combination of, like, the skill and just the way she thinks the Mm. game. Uh, It's so high-end. And it's interesting to me because, you know, in the summer, the NHL does their media tour. They bring basically one, you know, star player from each NHL team out, and you get sort of 10 minutes with them. And multiple players, uh, I feel like it was Barzal and maybe Jared McCann were like, yeah, I got to spend some time with Marie-Philippe Poulin this summer, just kind of like training, do stuff. Yeah. And, and they were like, uh, they were in awe of, of her and what she brought to the ice and just sort of, you know, the way that she approaches the game. Uh, so obviously, you know, the respect of her peers is really cool. But yeah, I mean, and again, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm always a futurist with hockey where it's mm-hmm. like, if you're doing elite things now, it's more impressive than people that were doing things, or, you know, in an elite way, sort of 20, 30 years ago, because the competition continues to get better. It took my argument right out from under. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you go off on that, King. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, essentially, yeah, like when you're looking at the women's game now, it's yeah. it's better than it ever has been. Yeah. Well, before I say that, let me just say slay. Um, sure. But. No, like you're you're 100 right. I I'm always so much more impressed by people by people just putting up the absurd numbers they do in today's game. Mm-hmm. They do before, and although there was a report from Michael Russo that like apparently some players still smoke cigarettes in in, in intermission. I'm not sure if you saw that. These I didn't, days. but that's fascinating. Crazy, but like, what athletes in in of all genders and all sports put like the amount of money and energy and and time they put into their bodies now mm. maybe compared to past years like i remember reading wayne gretzky's autobiography and literally the only off season like i read it every year at summer camp it was, the, yeah. it was like one of the only good books in the camp library and like he was talking about how some guys would lift weights the only thing he would do in the off season was do was with his wife do the jane fonda workout tapes and they're like that's the only thing so these days no like players are like lifting like semi trucks over their heads yeah and, and stuff and for marie Philippe Poulant to not just like be the best player in there, but dominate the competition. Like she dominates, and yeah. like you said, every time they need they need a big goal, she's there. She'll score a hat trick in a gold medal game. Yeah. She'll like she will pull off insane moves. And and to your point, where she's earned the respect of their of her peers, like she is a legend now. Like she totally. is, she's someone that you invite you invite her to. Like we saw we saw all the the fawning over uh, Crosby and Ovechkin at All Star Weekend, mm-hmm. where everyone where like all these guys no matter what their age, we're like, we're just so happy that we can hang out with these dudes now because right. they are legends. Some of us grew up watching these guys. Yeah. Other guys have played against them, but we always look at them in the, with this reverence. She is absolutely on that level. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, you know, obviously Haley Wickenizer is incredible. 
uh, you know, at, from back in the day, but really Philippe Poulin, like, like the state that Canadian women's hockey is in right now is incredible mm -hmm. internationally. She is the leader of that. She is the biggest reason. Like, I'm, I'm in awe of her. I think mm -hmm. we're both in awe of her. I think she is absolutely the best. And uh, this, this was this, her achieving this history. Um, first of all, it's just like a first step. Like she is. I was gonna say she ain't done yet. She ain't even close to being done yeah. yet. She's got a lot of, of uh, runway left on her. So yeah. I cannot wait to see where she ends up. Mm -hmm. And then I, I cannot wait to see what she does after this because she is like you know she will be that that lightning rod for the future of Canadian women's hockey. I cannot wait to see you know where she ends up after her career. In my opinion, she is the goat. Yeah. Um, all right. Then finally. Ryan, you know, we've been talking about these crazy uh, wildcard races. Things are, things are going, going wild, if you will, here. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like you said, you get in, anything can happen. Exactly. There are always those teams, they just manage to squeak in, but then you go, oh, no. We've got to face them in a seven-game series. i got to yeah. face, you know, this is a scrappy team. They may not be the most skilled, but i got to go in the corners of this guy. So who would be the worst team? Let's say you're a contender. Yeah. You know, you're, you're like the Boston Bruins or the Leafs or whatever. Yeah. You're, in, you're in one of these spots. Who would be the worst team in either, in either conference? We'll go Eastern first, I guess, yeah. um, to, like, uh, to face in, in the wild card. Well, if we're going Eastern first, then yes. uh, I, I would say the Islanders, because if they manage to get in, if they manage to get past the Barzell injury and some of the other guys there, uh, we know that they are a mm -hmm. playoff-built team. Yes. So, you know, if, if I was one of the teams, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, Boston or Carolina, and I got to play the Islanders in the first round, it's like, ah, I would much prefer, you know, I, I've earned the number one seed in my division. Mm -hmm. I would love if this was more of a sweep situation. Yes. Whereas when you play the Islanders, you know it's probably going to go the distance or close to it. Mm -hmm. And again, Elias Sorokin in net. Like, I don't want to face Elias no. Sorokin in the first round of the playoffs. Like, if Elias Sorokin who gets hot, yeah. you're done. Yeah. You're not scoring on this guy. Not fun at all. Yeah. I don't want to face, like, a defense core that has, you know, mm -hmm. Pelican and Pulak and Noah Dobson. Like, mm -hmm. that's not what I signed up for. 100%. Um, look, that's great. I do think that it would be bad for hockey. <laughs> if they, like, this is the, this is the thing, because I like a lot of guys on the Islanders. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, like, the actual product... I don't. I just don't want to watch a first round with them. I don't want to watch the Islanders just bore their way to a to a series win. I remember watching that that bubble series of them. Like we almost got a cup of the Islanders versus the Stars, and I would have just gone back. I would have gone back to school right. if if that would have like if that had happened. Like yeah. unbelievable. Um, I do think that's great. I, I mean, in my opinion, it's got to be the Penguins. Yeah, that was the other one I was thinking of. Like, if you, like, imagine you're, you know, like, you're a Boston Bruins, you're riding high, and, then, yeah. and, and you're, you're, you're privileged for, you know, winning the Presence Trophy and being far and away the most dominant regular season team is Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, uh, Chris Letang in a, in a seven-game series yeah. where they are clawing for the, maybe one of their last shots of the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I think, it, you know, that is, that, that's a real, that's like Gary, like, you know, that <laughs> happens. Like, that, that's something where I'm really... Really annoyed. I mean, that's all you got to say is like, say you, you, win, you win the league and your present, your gift, your, your reward is to go against Sidney Crosby. Yeah, a top five all-time player. I, I, I don't know about that, Chief. Yeah. Um, all right, going into, into the, uh, the Western Conference, what about you? 
Well, it's the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> and yeah. it's very very much the same rationale yeah. as uh, playing against Pittsburgh. Like imagine very if you're <laughs> you know, if you're Dallas or Vegas or whoever it happens to be, it's like, yeah, you gotta lock down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel. And by the way, they're fresh because it's the first mm-hmm. round of the playoffs. <clears throat> yeah, and by the way, like, you know, like the, the, I would say their biggest flaw is is either defense or goaltending, but like we've seen Jack Campbell get hot. He's yeah, he's been hot lately. And and, and Stuart Skinner too, like, yo, who who knows? Maybe they, they catch fire and then you are screwed. Exactly. Um I mean, I guess if they get everything, to, like, obviously it's going to be the Oilers, but just for the sake of devil's advocate sure. here, if they get some stuff together, if they learn to enjoy playing hockey again, like Calgary. That's another, yeah, they're f- built for the playoffs if they can get there. Facing Nazem Kadri in any playoff series yeah. just does not sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. And if Markstrom can get it back together, like, that's another thing where a goalie catches fire and yeah. just leaves you. But, I mean, like you said, you... You, you end up, you, you play 82 games, you slog through it, injuries, travel, back-to-backs, all that, and you end up the top team in your conference, and your reward is playing Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl yeah. in the first round. It's not fun. Great. What a great league. Um, yeah. All right. No, uh, no mailbag. We're going to rapid fire. Because we're a little tight on time, I only really have two questions. All the right. first one off the top, and this is, you know, you're, you're the music man, the yes. music guy. Music Man, great uh, Broadway musical. You should watch it. Never seen it. Um, you know, it's, it's fine, actually. I, I oversold it a little bit on that <laughs> first one. Um, so let's say, you know, it's, it's, it's many decades from now, hopefully. Okay. And Ryan Kennedy, uh, you know, has sadly passed. Ah. Um, what is the song that you would, that you, in your will, it is stipulated, ah. you want to be lowered into the ground to? Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. And I do have the answer for that because, like, uh, just in terms of the the uh, the tenor of it, mm-hmm. I would go with Dragonaut mm-hmm. by Sleep, the okay. stoner metal band. That's like <coughs> their essential okay. song. I actually rocked my children to sleep to it when mm-hmm. they were babies okay. because just rhythmically it's slow, it's okay. dirgy, uh, and it's chuggy. Uh, so the idea of, uh, and I will say, I, I think a Viking burial would be even better. Just yes. like set me off on a lake and then and like shoot it with a flaming arrow. arrow. Yeah. yeah, that with Dragon Up by Sleep playing, and I think everybody at my funeral would just kind of like they would know. They would laugh a bit mm-hmm. and be like, "This is perfect." Mine and <coughs> excuse me, I've taken a lot of thought to this as I was walking here today, nice. um, which took about fifteen minutes, and I would have to say, for me, Gangnam Style. Interesting. Without a doubt. Now I want, and but it has to be very specific. Where where. Yeah. You know, like, the, keep in mind, you know, everyone's dressed in black. They're crying. You yeah. know, I've made such a great impact in everyone's life. Yes. They're devastated to lose me. Um, and, you know, like, the song slowly starts playing. Like, it, like not slowly, but, like, like the volume starts to... to, right, to right. So it's like... And then, you know, how it goes like... And then, yeah. then, and then it reaches climax. It goes, Opa Gangnam Style. Everyone's crying. And then it goes... As my casket goes down. I think that's I think that's great. There's no one I would rather uh, be lowered into the eternal sleep to than sigh. Nice. Um, and then I would say you almost kind of like hinted at it in, in uh, your first answer, which is you know you have two children. Yeah. Um, I have none. Uh, but let's say, you know, like you can go back and, and for your first child is being born, uh-huh. is what is the song you would like to hear them to hear as they enter the living world? Ooh, that's a good one. I would say. Soldier Girl by the Polyphonic Spree. Hmm. Yeah, because it's, uh, I mean, it's such a happy song and it's very choral because there was literally 18 people <coughs> in Polyphonic Spree. Uh, 
But yeah, that one or like the uh, the other single they had, the one about the sun. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but one of the two singles by Polyphonic Spree. Yes. It's a very good one. Very good one. Mine would be Down With The Sickness. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. I think it would really add to the whole vibe of giving birth. <laughs> and then the first thing the child hears is oh and it's like that child there's no way that child has become president when they hear that like no that child vapes a hundred percent and uh and, and then that child also becomes adopted um <laughs> and so on that note we've reached the end of the podcast um what a lovely time there will likely be what okay so moving back to to last week we said there will likely be a jacob chicken trade by the time we record next week where is it is he still alive we don't know but Hopefully, by this time next week, there will be a Jacob Chikrin trade for us to break down. Um, so you're going to have to wait in, in, in a, with bated breath and anticipation for that to happen next week. Ryan, always a pleasure. If you'd like mm-hmm. to listen to this episode or past episodes of any of the Hockey News uh, uh, podcasts, go to thehockeynews.com slash podcast. That's where all our archives are. Enjoy your week. We'll be back next week.